Welcome to Hope Community Podcast. It's great to have you join us today listening online. We pray you'll be impacted by our message this week. Enjoy. Are you ready for the message? Great. We are in week four of our series and today um, Pastor Dan will be sharing. So why don't you welcome him as he comes to bring the word this morning. Thank you. Thank you for the welcome. And I am just feeling really blessed this morning. Isn't it good to be in God's house with God's people? I had an amazing coffee this morning. Thank you to our barista team. There was an amazing team of people greeting on the way in that just make you feel welcome. Our pre-service prayer was just phenomenal. I want you to know that every Sunday morning from 8.30 to 8.50, a group of people gather here and pray. Everyone's welcome. But I think there's probably on average 30 to 40 people. I've never seen anything like that in any church, to be honest. And if I can just boast, I love that we're a praying church. So people are coming out early on a Sunday morning to pray particularly for what's going to happen in this time together. Isn't that cool? Some people are praying on the microphone. Some people are sitting here and just and joining from their seats. It's really cool. Then we move into church. We have a testimony, an amazing testimony to encourage us. The team are amazing. There's prophetic art. I'm just feeling like, wow, this is great. Praise the Lord, hey? So point to the person next to you and say, hey, it's good to have you here today. Right? We're all a part of this. And I love that it's not just a few people doing this stuff, but we all get to be a part of it. And we're seeing many, many people involved. So praise the Lord. Hey, I got to get moving because we got to get a bit to get through this morning. But today is week four in our series in Exodus. Is anyone getting anything out of this yet? Yes, good, praise the Lord. So, so far we've looked at chapters 32, 33, 34. Today you would think we're going to chapter 35, but we're not, okay? Yeah, I know. We're mixing it up, we're going back to 25. Now, they're very similar. I want you to know this, you'll check it out. Very similar chapters, but here's why. Chapter 35 is about the tabernacle, but it focuses on what um, the people bring on how they give towards the tabernacle. And um, as many people here know, we have a building campaign on right now. We're in the early planning part of it. But there is going to be a time where we start to talk about giving and how this project is actually going to be resourced. And I will be coming back to preach from chapter 35 at that time. If you're new to Hope Community, you don't know anything about this, I want you to know that we have a vision. We believe that God's planning our hearts to see uh, this facility here expanded so our capacity is bigger, both for Sundays, but also for our community, that we could create a community hub and that we can press into our vision of seeing more people equipped by God to go out and see the kingdom of God move forward. So that's what we're ploughing ahead with. But today, I need to ask you for help because we have submitted our building plans to council and we're hoping for approval. 
But so far, the response has not been helpful in any way, okay? And so I want to ask everyone to pray. And we really need to rally together and we need to pray that this whole situation would change, that God would be in it and that it would be blessed and it could move forward. And I mean that not just for our benefit here, but for the benefit of what God is doing that is far bigger than us. It includes our local council. It includes our local community. And uh, we're really praying that God can help move this forward. So this week, be praying as we continue through our 40 days of prayer and fasting. We're going to hold some prayer meetings where we will be praying over this. And we're going to believe for breakthrough in Jesus' name. God's given us this amazing sight here and we want to see it better equipped to do what He's calling us to do. Amen. So set your timers, do whatever you need to do and we're going to pray and we're going to fight this battle in the spiritual and we're going to see victory in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. I'm going to speak on one of my favourite topics today, which is the presence of God. So... I'm going to pray first and then we're going to get into it. Lord, we thank you that you are here. We thank you that we've seen you at work this morning as we've gathered together, that we can see your hand, Lord, that we can see your presence. And as we come into this time of coming into your word, Lord, Holy Spirit, we invite you to speak in ways that only you can speak deep into our hearts bringing transformation that only you can bring, Lord. And we pray that every single person in this room, every person joining us online will receive something from you today, Lord. We know that your heart is for every single one of us and that no one would miss out, Lord. And so we say yes and amen. Together, we receive what you are saying here today in Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right, if you've got your Bible, turn with me to Exodus chapter 25. If you aren't familiar with the story of Israel and Egypt, uh, we're jumping into this today. And so far, God has led Israel out of Egypt. Um, That was amazing in itself. They walked through the sea They've walked into the desert, heading towards the promised land, the land that God has waiting for them. And after two months, they arrive at the base of Mount Sinai and they set up camp. And there's a mountain there that is where God is meeting with Moses, the leader. And so Moses is going up and down this mountain. He would have got really fit uh, going up to meet the Lord all these times. And God is actually talking to Moses and telling him how he would like things to be for his chosen people. And so the Lord has this agreement that we heard about last week. It's his covenant. And he's essentially saying that if you guys can live the way that I'm calling you to live, then you will be my people and you will receive my blessing. And that blessing looks like my provision, my protection, and my presence. You will know my presence. Out of all the people on the earth, you will know this in a special way. 
And so Moses goes up and down the mountains and he relays the information from God to the people of Israel. And in Exodus 25, we jump into one of those conversations. So here we are, 25 verse 1. The Lord said to Moses, Tell the people of Israel to bring me their sacred offerings. Accept the contributions from all those whose hearts are moved to offer them. Here is a list of sacred offerings you may accept from them. Gold, silver and bronze, blue, purple and scarlet thread, fine linen and goat hair for cloth, tanned ram skins and fine goat skin leather, acacia wood, olive oil for the lamp, spices for the anointing oil and the fragrant incense, onyx stones and other gemstones to be set in the ephod and the priest's chest piece. Have the people of Israel build me a holy sanctuary so I can live among them. You must build this tabernacle and its furnishings exactly according to the pattern I will show you. I want everyone to say exactly. Exactly. Point to the person next to you and just say, do exactly what God says. Just really get in their face. Get bossy. Get judgy. People pointing at me. Whoa. That's good. So we read here that God was the one who was actually initiating this. He was the one who was asking the people to build him somewhere where his presence could be. All right? It was his desire to be close to his people. And so we see from the list of the items, like this is all pretty amazing, high quality stuff. The reason for that is that the tabernacle, the dwelling place of God, it in itself would display the greatness of God. It was a place where people were gonna come and it was gonna be beautiful and amazing and set apart above anything that they've known, especially as they're in the desert camping in their tents, right? So the tabernacle in itself was gonna display God's glory. And then over the next seven chapters, God goes into incredible detail because the specifics matter. Everything needs to be just right to be able to host a perfect and holy almighty God. All right? Now I'm gonna take you on a quick little journey here. So stay with me. We're gonna jump through the Bible a little bit. But if we keep reading, we see that Moses goes on, he relays the instructions to the people. This is what we read in chapter 35. The community brings everything that is required and God actually empowers people by His Spirit to do the works that are required to see the tabernacle built. And after a year, everything's built, everything's perfect. It, it all has been ticked off. God approves, Moses approves. And they open the tabernacle and the glory of God com comes and fills it. We see God's presence come and rest in this place. Exodus 40 verse 34, it says, Then the cloud covered the tabernacle and the glory of the Lord filled the tabernacle. Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because the cloud had settled down over it and the glory of the Lord filled 
the tabernacle. Can you imagine what this looks like, right? So the glory of the Lord falls on this place. For some reason, it says that Moses could no longer enter the tabernacle because God's presence was there. Now, whenever the cloud lifted from the tabernacle, the people of Israel would set out on their journey. They are following God's presence. But if the cloud did not rise, they remained where they were until it lifted. The cloud of the Lord hovered over the tabernacle during the day and at night fire glowed inside the cloud so the whole family of Israel could see it. This was continued throughout all their journeys. Isn't that epic? Can you imagine having a location where we could see the, the presence of God? I think, I think we would love that. Wouldn't we love to just know, oh, God's over there. Pit Road, Hope Community, the cloud's hovering. Right At night, we drive past, it's just glowing with fire. Whoa. We'd think twice about coming in then, right? Whoa. That's cool. All right, now I want you to fast forward with me 500 years. Okay, we're in 500 years later. Solomon builds a temple. So the tabernacle was a temporary structure. It could be packed up, carried around with them as the Lord moved them around. The, tab- the temple is now in a physical location. Solomon wants to build something that is amazing to host the presence of God once again. And so he does with the Lord's help. In the same way, God's presence comes and dwells in the tabernacle. So we find this in 2 Chronicles 5. Verse 13, it says the trumpeters, this is the opening day, right? The trumpeters and musicians joined in unison to give praise and thanks to the Lord. Maybe when our building project is done, we'll get a whole team of trumpeters. Yeah? Okay. Some people love that idea. Accompanied by trumpets, cymbals and other instruments, the singers raised their voices in praise to the Lord and sang. He is good. His love endures forever. Then the temple of the Lord was filled with the cloud and the priests could not perform their service because of the cloud for the glory of the Lord filled the temple of God. Isn't that amazing? I'm really building things up for our opening ceremony, right? Like, yeah, we've got the new people are just gonna be like, where's the cloud? Come on, not enough trumpets, where's the cloud? (laughs) All right, so we're still going along this timeline, all right? So stay with me. When Israel turned away from the Lord, then God's presence actually left, all right? So now we fast forward another 500 years and Jesus comes. And 500 years later, Jesus is standing in the same temple sharing the Word of God with those who are there that day. And we see that now the presence of God in human flesh is there in the temple, okay? So this is amazing. Not a cloud, not a fire, but Jesus Christ is standing in the temple. And Jesus says this to His disciples. He says, something is coming that is better than my physical presence. And I want you to wait for it because it is the presence of the Holy Spirit. Now at the time, like this is mind blowing. They know the stories of the cloud and the fire. 
They know how amazing it is that a physical location could host the presence of God. They know about the Ark of the Covenant, another meeting place where God would dwell. They know about these things. And Jesus is saying like, I'm here now, I get that, but there's something even better coming. They would have been thinking, what is better? Like, how can it get any better than that? All right, so now we jump to Acts chapter two, the day of Pentecost. It says, on that day, the day of Pentecost, all believers were meeting together in one place and suddenly there was a sound from heaven like the roaring of a mighty windstorm and it filled the house where they were sitting. Then what looked like flames or tongues of fire appeared and settled on each of them and everyone present was filled with the Holy Spirit and began speaking in other languages as the Holy Spirit gave them this ability. Maybe that's what we're praying for for our opening ceremony, right? This new building would be like, don't shake it too much, Lord. (laughs) So we're jumping through Scripture here. And what I want you to see is that it is God who chooses for His presence to be with His people. He's initiating this. He's doing this. He's fulfilling what He said He will do. And so those who struggle with God being this great, distant, far off God cannot be further wrong about who He actually is. That great sovereign God, the one who put the stars in place is the same one who chose for His presence to be close to His people. Now, before we go any further, I want, I want to talk a little, I want to explain a little bit about how God can be present in different ways. Uh, the, in theology, there's, there's all these technical terms. One term for God is that He's omnipresent. And that actually means that God is everywhere. At all times, God is everywhere. There's nowhere in the whole universe that God is not, okay? You cannot escape God's presence anywhere. But then if you zero that in, we have the indwelling presence of God. And we know that as followers of Jesus, that when we put our faith and trust in Jesus in the work of His Uh, what He's done on the cross for us, then we receive God's presence, His Holy Spirit into us. God comes and dwells in us, all right? And then we have what we call the manifest presence of God. And manifest just simply means um, like a demonstration. There are times when God demonstrates His presence. And He's already here today because He's everywhere. He's here because He is dwelling among us, in us, as followers of Jesus. But there are times where His presence is manifest. And so I wanna give you an example of what that actually looks like that might help you just understand more of what it looks like. If there was a billionaire in this room today, then they would be present 
here, right? Um, maybe not present everywhere, but they might have a walk around the property or whatever, and we can say, oh, we had a billionaire on the property today. Cool. If you are here today, we have a building project coming up, <laughs> and uh, just thought I'd let you know about that. Now, the billionaire could be sitting in these seats. Maybe you're sitting next to them right now, right? But maybe we don't know, right? But they might decide to manifest their presence as a billionaire and they get out their checkbook and they start writing checks for a million bucks. And they start walking around the room and saying, one for you, one for you. And look under your seat. There's a million dollars for you. Everyone gets a million dollars, right? Like Oprah. And uh, (laughs) that's when the billionaire has manifest, demonstrated their presence. Are you with me? So there are times where we know the Lord is here. He's here, no doubt, without any doubt because we know that He is in us. So we know God is here. But then there are times where the Lord turns up and He says, hey, look how cool I am, guys. I just wanna remind you of how amazing I am. And people get healed and people encounter Him and we realise, oh wow, God is showing us who He is right here. And when He turns up in that way, He's doing things that only God can do. That's what he's showing us. He's showing us his greatness. Now, the central question of all of Scripture as we read it is how can sinful people come into the presence of a holy God? This is the big dilemma. Right through creation, this is the big dilemma. And I want you to hear this, that God's goal was not just to save people, but to dwell with them in relationship that he took it so much further than that. He just doesn't wanna save them and give them a golden ticket to get into heaven, but he actually wants to be with them, this almighty God, that his presence would be with his people. So let me show you three things we see here. Number one is that God's presence always reveals his greatness. So we see it, we see it when God walked in the garden with Adam and Eve. His creation, His amazing creation. We see the splendour of that. We see it in the tabernacle and the beauty there with all the best materials. We see it in the Ark of the Covenant overlaid with gold. We see it there. But here we are today, right? And now we have become the temple, the resting place of God. And we have to think to ourselves, does this temple display the greatness of the Lord. Now, some of you are like, heck yeah, it does. Have a look at me, right? I've heard someone else say like, I'm not so much of a temple, I'm more of a jumping castle. But this is the big question because in 1 Corinthians, we see that we are now the temple of the Holy Spirit, that God chooses to dwell in us. And so what does that mean for us? Well, it means that I'm going to guard this temple. It means I'm going to steward this temple really well. This is a resting place for God. 
His presence is in me. So I'm going to look after what's coming in and what's going out. I'm going to have an awareness of His presence in me and I'm going to live in that way. I'm going to walk this earth knowing that everywhere I go, the presence of God goes. It's not a tabernacle. It's not the temple in one location now. But now God's presence comes with me wherever I go. I'm going to work hard. I'm going to do what God calls me to do. I'm going to be faithful with this temple that God has given me because I host His presence. And so the big question is, do I live like the presence of God is in me? What does that look like? What does that look like for you? Do you look different to the person who you're next to in the street who maybe doesn't know the presence of God? What does that look like for each one of us? Number two, God's presence is attracted to obedience and worship. With the temple system, there were all these rules around how worship was to be conducted how it was to be brought to the Lord. And even today, we've heard this testimony of how powerful worship is. That worship actually helps fight battles because it fixes our eyes on the Lord and accesses what is available through Him. And so God is drawn to worship. When we worship, His presence turns up. When we worship here, there's so many testimonies of times where we've just been in worship. People have been healed by God. People have encountered Him. People have heard things in the Spirit. Um, There are so many people who have come and joined us for worship and afterwards I've been talking to them. I said, how was your experience today? And they said, honestly, I just cried the whole time. Sometimes that's what God's presence does is that people, it's just like it opens the doors and all this stuff comes out. When we worship, God turns up. And I want you to hear this, whether you're here today and you think I'm a worshiper, I'm not a worshiper, everyone can worship because worship is a heart thing. Every single one of us can worship. Now, obedience and presence go hand in hand too. With the tabernacle, everything had to be perfect. And if it was, then God's presence could be there. So we fast forward and we know that because of Jesus, the Lord sees the perfect nature of Jesus in us and His presence can rest. But we still host, we still steward the temple for the Lord's presence, right? I want to give you an example of this. Um, I can be a little OCD at times, right? I can be a bit of a neat freak. And I am married to someone who is the complete opposite, all right? And um, amazingly, we have strengths. She is a clean freak, hygienically amazing. You can come and eat off our toilet seat, okay? But you might have to climb over all the clutter to get there, right? (laughs) So there was a day, true, 
there was a day, um, Liz had been at home, I was out doing some stuff, Liz had been at home cleaning all day, cleaning the house, right? And don't get me wrong, I'm a cleaner too. Um, love, just, I love vacuuming. It's just so satisfying to see all that stuff disappear. I love a clean kitchen sink. Anyone with me on that? Just a clean kitchen, clean kitchen sink, amazing. So I'm not, I'm not set up out of the cleaning in any way, but on this day, this day, Liz has been at home cleaning all day. And uh, Dan comes home and she says, you know, look at this, doesn't look amazing. Babe, the house looks amazing. Now, somehow within minutes, there was a full-scale war going on, right? Believe it or not, there are times we do argue, even though we're amazing, like angelic people, (laughs) every now and then. Within minutes, and Liz said this line to me, I'll never forget. She said, it doesn't matter what I do, you spot the one thing I didn't do. Has anyone else ever heard that line? I'm going to cause some friction in marriages today. That's not my intention. Now, we just celebrated 21 years of marriage last week. Amazing. Which just means that Liz has a way of forgiving me for all the dumb things I say. Right? And so I have learnt now that if Liz has been cleaning the house all day, I come home and all I say is how amazing it looks. Even though I can see maybe some things that she's missed, I'll fix those things when she's not around. But I will not say anything about those things and I will never let her know that's happened either, right? So I am learning. I am learning now that I practise self-control because I want to be in her presence. Are you with me? So here's what I'm not saying, okay? I don't want you to stretch this analogy, okay? God is not like a wife who is responding to her dumb husband's comments, okay? He's far more than that. But what I am saying is my obedience matters when it comes to knowing the presence of God. God is looking for resting places that will live for Him in surrender. My obedience matters. And so I'm going to do what God calls me to do, both in His Word and as He leads me personally, because I want to be a host of His presence. And I'm going to not do what He calls me not to do. I'm going to live His way. I'm going to surrender everything because I want to be a place where God's presence rests. Last one is this, God's presence is made available through Jesus. And this is the best news. If you understand all the detail that went into this tabernacle system and temple system and sacrificial worship and ceremonial cleansing systems, just to be able to come close to the presence of God, here we are today as followers of Jesus and the presence of God is in us. It's the most amazing thing. If we could go back to the Israelites of the day, they would not be able to get their head around that that same presence now is in us as followers of Jesus. This is amazing. 
And so Jesus comes and He dies on the cross. And when He died on the cross, the temple, the curtain in the temple that was meant to separate man from God's presence is torn in two. And it signified that now, because of the blood of Jesus, we are able to come into the presence of God. And it doesn't stop there, but His presence is able to come into us. And so we become temples of the Holy Spirit. So where do we land with this? I wanna carry the presence well. I wanna host God's presence in a way that it's not just visitation, but it's habitation. That He would rest on this altar because He finds it acceptable. And I know that Jesus opens the door for that. He makes the way because of Jesus, I can know God's presence. But I wanna live in a way that displays His greatness and His glory. That's who I wanna be. And every single one of us has that opportunity to be a host of the Father's presence. Team, I'm gonna get you guys up. And what I wanna do today is I wanna sit just in this place for a little bit. You can stay in your seat. And rather than me standing here and telling you what this looks like, because we're all in different places, I just wanna invite you to maybe close your eyes and just say to the Holy Spirit now, God, what does this look like for me? Are there things I have to lay down to display your greatness in my life? Are there things that need to change? Are there things that just need to go like today, that this needs to look different? Are there things I need to start doing? So Father, we just thank you for the incredible honour and privilege that you make available through Jesus for us to be able to host your presence. We pray that in hosting your presence, Lord, that your greatness, that your glory would be displayed to the world that everywhere we go, the world would be changed because you are with us, Lord. And there are some key places that you've called us into, God, to change that world, to bring the kingdom into that place, Lord. So even now I pray, Holy Spirit, that you are speaking to hearts and minds. Father, in some cases, We're not hosting you well, Lord. Maybe we've lost the fear of the Lord. Maybe we've disconnected from this reverence of understanding what it would mean that we could host your presence, that you would come and dwell with us. And we repent from those things today, Father. Father, for those that are here today and they're yet to know the fullness of your work in their lives. We pray right now that you would lead them to surrender their lives to you, Father, that they could receive your spirit and start to walk in a new life that you have for them. 
Thanks so much for listening to Hope Community Podcasts. We hope you enjoyed today's message and remember to subscribe to the channel to keep up to date. From everyone here at Hope Community, have the best week.